0: Welcome to So You Can Heal. I'm Abby Parker, a licensed mental health counselor and a therapist at Still Point.
1: And I'm Josh. I'm a licensed social worker and therapist at Still Point.
0: Josh, today we are talking about change and this is going to be a two-part episode. So we're going to be talking about what is change? Is there choice in change? Like what are common experiences of change? And next week, we're going to be talking about what to do with it, how to cope with it, how to best get through it. Yeah. So Josh, what is change to you?
1: Horrible. (laughs) It leaves you in the dark. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So change is like action wise is making someone or something different to alter or modify It's replacing something with something else, especially if that something is of the same type of thing that is newer or better. So a substitute. So it's an act or instance of making or becoming different. What do you non-dictionarily define change as?
0: I think you captured a lot of my definition of change. I think of it as happenings like something happening to us, or we are making something happen. And that change for me is a process. And so there's structure in the process, there's functions in the process, and it can create a lot of chaos for us, especially at first when changes happen. And with chaos, I also think that it can bring opportunity for transformation.
1: I mean, that's the whole goal, really.
0: And I don't think it has to be every single change. Right. We're, we're doing things all the time to impact ourselves and others.
1: Sure. I mean, depending on the significance of the change Hmm. will impact our lives differently. So how does change happen?
0: I think of change happening as a repatterning of what we thought something was or what we thought it could be. And so as changes are happening to us, we are trying to figure out how to make sense of them, how to plug them back into our lives, or we are trying to act upon them to make our experience different than what it has been. And there are different levels of control in that and different forms in which those patterns can take. If I go to a very basic scientific level, I think of Like physical change. Like if you stomp on a pop can and it will change the form of the can versus if like in a chemical change, you're adding something to it. So if you add like moisture to iron, it creates rust. And I think there's various forms of change within that. The most important piece for me of how change can happen is that things are seen and unseen and they can be prompted by us or we can be surprised by them. What about you? How does change happen?
1: I think change can happen in a lot of different ways. We can make the choice to change. We can also be forced into a situation or experience that requires us to change. What I've recognized is that change is constant and there's never not a moment that we're really not changing. So like change is always, whether it is known to us or not, And how we choose to show up in that change is what's really important, I think. It can be really hard to show up how we need to for ourselves and others around us without feeling really overwhelmed. But, you know, change happens in the smallest of ways all the time. But it can also be big impacts on our life that can leave us feeling debilitated.
0: I see that especially when those significant changes impact our values or what I would identify as like our truths. And we would think that truth wouldn't change, but I think us as humans, it, it does evolve. Josh, what does change look like to you?
1: So change can look really different to everybody. It can be one person's decision to do something differently. It can come in the form of a loss or it can come in any form really. I mean, essentially change is when an assumption of ours is being challenged and a new way of thinking or perceiving our reality is seen as a possibility. And from that space, we usually go into a chaotic period where it can be really difficult and challenging for us to not resist what's happening or what we're experiencing or what we need to do. But a lot of the chaotic period is a process of learning and integration. We are learning new ways of doing things, trying to see what will work and how that can in some way impact what we are doing, how we're feeling, and also at the same time fit into our values. Within that, like there's a lot of uncertainty. There can be a lot of fear. I mean, there are parts of whatever we're doing that are being lost or going away. So there can be grief.
0: And I find that to be most common, the uncertainty, the fear, the grief, because something is interrupting that pattern that you thought was set all along or that you wanted to be set. And it gets, it gets disrupted, disturbed, and it's very difficult to figure out how to put it back together the way you had it before.
1: I mean, it's that idea of security. Hmm. I mean, we were secure and what was, we were safe there and when we are asked to look at it and change it or do something differently, the assumption in that change is that we are no longer safe and secure.
0: Say that one more time.
1: The assumption in change is that we are no longer safe and secure.
0: And I'm glad that you brought up that word assumption because that belief or that assumption or that perception that tells us we need to be on alert or be afraid or scared a lot of times does not hold the accuracy that we think it does.
1: For sure. And I find that sometimes we get so wrapped up in that assuming story that we kind of kick and scream the whole way. And it's really Depending on one's background and their relationship to change. I mean, because if change has been really traumatic for you in the past, then there's a possibility that change is going to be something that you don't really look forward to. Right. And the assumption that change has to be painful, that change has to be all of these things that it may not be, it can impact our ability to see the gifts that we are given in Mm -hmm. change.
0: Yeah, because a lot of times those gifts will pass us by, sit around, stay hidden, instead of being able to utilize them to actually live life. For me, it brings up this concept of dialogue, because if you're in dialogue, that means that there is understanding, there's a conversation, and I think a lot of times, especially at the beginning of change, it is that experience of being out of dialogue. It's hard to receive things. It's hard to send things. It's hard to figure out like where things are coming from or where they're going. And it feels very out of control. And like you were saying, like if you've had a, a negative experience with change, then the dialogue you're going to revert back to is that assumption that it's it's not going to be good or beneficial or that it could bring life.
1: And then usually within change, there is this transforming idea that can help to rewrite our perception in a particular area and allow us to engage, especially in relationship to self and others in a different way. And often in a more connected way, than before yes that's my dog snoring
0: (laughs) if you can't tell i'm laughing hysterically on the other side (laughs) because as josh is saying this beautiful statement about transformation you hear that
1: (laughs) Jeez, and she just looks at you like what such is my life (laughs) but yeah and I also find that it, in the, once that transforming idea comes along and we start integrating it and learning to kind of adapt to it, I find that sometimes we will give up just before we actually see the benefit of what it's actually bringing to us. Right. Right. The idea that the first thing we get is going to be perfect from the beginning is not usually the case. Like that idea, the core of it may be exactly right, but there are components of that that may need kind of tweaked and worked on.
0: Right. And think about how heavy that becomes when we carry the expectations of others We develop our own expectations based on our experiences, and there's so much weight to figuring out how to get through the change.
1: Yeah. And it can be paralyzing.
0: Yeah, it can.
1: I mean, and I think we were talking about stuck, like that is where people get stuck. I mean, but eventually it will create a new status quo type thing. A new new, Yep. I mean, and then eventually that new pattern will become an old pattern and then we'll go through it all again.
0: The only other thing I'm thinking is about how in chemical reactions, um, they talk about adding a catalyst. And what some people might not realize is that a catalyst is something that is interjected into that reaction to cause the change. Then the catalyst itself is actually extracted to be the same property it started out to be. And I just find that to be a fascinating concept, how some things can intercede or interject and stay the same while everything else changes. And it happens the other way too, where you add something or take it away and it changes the properties completely. And for me, that explains that change doesn't happen in just one way. It happens in various forms, shapes, sizes, impacts, levels of transformation.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, we go through small changes every single day. Right. But it's usually the changes that are significant enough to kind of tap into one of our core values or one of our core assumptions, and that is usually when we start going into meltdown (laughs) (laughs) mode.
0: Yes, there's a crisis. And that kind of brings us to the concept of, is there choice in change? Or what choices do we have in change?
1: We always have choice in the midst of change. How we deal with it, what we choose to do with it. But we never have a choice on whether we experience change. And I think that... Often, we feel that if we put it off long enough, or if we do everything and start directing the lives of all of those around us, then in some way, change won't have to occur. But that's not really the case, unfortunately.
0: No, it's not. Or if people think that they create enough choices, then somehow that will impact The change. Something else I think is interesting about choice and change is how we rarely get the exact outcome that we thought we would.
1: And again, like, I feel like that's another assumption that if I do this, then this is going to be what it's going to bring.
0: I'm curious what assumptions like do you experience or do you see other people experience?
1: Well, I think that it depends on the change. I find that for me, it is the assumption that things shouldn't take very long. Perfect example, going into private practice, the assumption that I had was that, you know, give me a few months and my schedule will be full, like I'll be doing all these things and I'll be working with couples and non-traditional relationships and... I'll be happy and I'll be able to move really fast. And well, I mean, I'm working with couples, but the rest of it didn't happen like I expected it to. I mean, it was the assumption that once I went into private practice, that all of those things would just fall into place. Sure. I mean, but that's not how things work. Like there are right. things that, I mean, in my own personal view on things is that there are things that I need to learn before certain things fall into place not that I'm not ready for things but there are I think more than anything it is a mindset that I have to be able to get into in order for that that stuff to start coming Mm -hmm. rather than a scarcity mindset like I have to be in a different abundant mindset or something
0: yeah and that scarcity mindset I find is very common Like I even experienced that. I know you're just going to not believe this, but mine is if I work hard enough, then somehow I'm going to obtain it.
1: Yeah. Me, I will lay on the couch all day. If I don't (laughs) have any clients. (laughs) No, it's not at all. (laughs) But I mean, if I don't have clients or anything, like, I mean, lately, especially with podcasts, like I don't, but yeah like out of sight out of mind sure and i find that's the other part of it like when we are faced with change and things aren't going the way we want it's really easy to check out
0: Mm -hmm. or become hyper vigilant
1: yeah and then we start directing and controlling everybody else and ourselves and yeah that's just too much energy for me though like (laughs) (laughs) But there have been times in my life where I was faced with change and control was absolutely the thing that I needed yeah, because I felt so out of it.
0: Right. And that chaos can spin us in so many different ways and it's very polarizing if you don't have footing or know that you have a choice because of the assumptions that you've lived. Like, it's okay for someone to treat me this way or I deserve to be treated this way or i'm not able to do that i'll never be able to do that and so i'll i'll do nothing i think on the other side of chaos is a concept of the unknown or mystery which i think can be very uncomfortable for people
1: yeah i mean it's two sides of the same coin right because from chaos or the unknown or the mystery like that's where everything is created. Like it is the epitome of creative energy.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And when we only see the dark and we don't see the potential that lies in the dark, it is really scary. Mm -hmm.
0: Do you think that there are any assumptions that help us that are more helpful than others? Like one that comes to mind is I will be able to learn from this.
1: And I don't think assumptions are bad. But I do think that with the assumptions we create at times, they can hinder our ability to see beyond them. Mm.
0: How can we tell then?
1: Well, your assumption was more positive. Right. So I would say if they're positively <laughs> stated, <laughs> then you're probably okay. Okay. <laughs> But I mean, and that's not true either because mine was positively I stated. I know, I um, know. I don't know. Like mine was very a very specific assumption. Yours was a more broad assumption. What would you learn? You don't know, but you're open to it.
0: And maybe that's it. Maybe if there's capacity to being open, it can create more possibility.
1: Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of like the Native American medicine card, like the swan it is where like the ugly duckling is faced with going into the unknown, into Mm -hmm. the void. And in order to go into the void, the ugly duckling, the baby swan had to truly trust that whatever was going to happen in the void, because it couldn't see anything that when they came out on the other side, they were going to be better than when they went in. Yeah. So the, Ugly duckling, the baby swan, trusted, went into the void, not able to see the transformation that was actually happening. And when it came out on the other side, it became the swan, the big swan, the pretty one. Mm -hmm. I mean, so it is about the ability to be able to trust and have faith in a process that even though we can't see it, we will learn something that will be helpful regardless of whether we wanted to learn that lesson or not.
0: (laughs) Yeah, then there's that. Yeah. But I think that is interesting that as you go through the transformation, you will either not be able to see it or you will not be able to see parts of it. And Eckhart Tolle has this quote about, it says, faith is trust. Faith is a deep sense of connectedness with being. So whether you're being like present to being the ugly duckling or whether you're being present to like being through that void or that process of transformation or whether you're being present as you exit into what has become.
1: And I think that it's also important for when we go through those periods where things are hard for us to see, it's really important to align ourselves with those who can help see the vision, For us, or at least see parts of our vision that we are shooting for. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I find that there can be encouragement in that, there can be learning in that, there can be a lot of things, support. Right. So what do you think are the most common experiences with change?
0: One of the words that keeps popping up into my head is the concept of control. I think people wanting to control their experience is extremely common.
1: I mean, I know at times I do
0: me too. Absolutely. I mean, like I said, if I work hard enough, somehow I will get the result that I want. (laughs) Even if I'm banging my head against the wall a hundred times.
1: Hey, I just thought I had to show up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, deluded little Josh. I mean, and I think too, like, I've seen where change has been seen as good and I've Mm -hmm. seen where change has been seen as bad. Right. I mean, in reality, change is this very neutral experience and it only becomes one or the other based on our experience and based on the meaning that we put to it. And often the fear, the uncertainty, the hopeless, helpless, that overcompensating or control are all ways in which people react to change. And I've had people that are like, yes, give me change. Mm -hmm. But when like hard change comes, like it's like not the same type of talk.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, there definitely is that experience of either being limited or liberated. Yeah. And it is difficult to experience both of those at the same time.
1: And I think that it's important to understand that if we are being asked to go through change, whether it is expected or unexpected, known or unknown, like mm-hmm. you have the tools that you need in order to do it, whether that is knowing how to ask for help, whether that is having the resources in order to learn how to ask for help, the components are there that you need.
0: And, and some people have to break through those assumptions or barriers in order to get to that ask or get through the reaction or process through the emotion.
1: And I think too, that we can get really discouraged if it takes too long or it's different, kind of how we've said, like if it's different than what we expected and we just stop or we give up or we fall back into old ways of doing things. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed, I mean, not that I would know, (laughs) (laughs) but falling back into the old ways of doing things is sometimes harder than just moving forward.
0: Sometimes it can be a lot more comforting.
1: Yes. But like, I find that it's the idea that once the awareness is there, you can't ever get rid of the awareness anymore. So it's the understanding and what I mean by easier or harder, is that now I'm constantly thinking about, okay, I'm doing this again. Like what's going on?
0: Right. Or feeling unsettled when you do it. Yeah. Or don't do it.
1: So I do think that there is an ability to stay present to our experiences. And that's kind of the emotional grit we need in order to move through change. Because it's not always easy.
0: I think that is definitely a skill to practice, to develop that presence of where you're at in the process, or who you're connecting with, or what you're experiencing, and relying on the truths that you are carrying with you. And there are a lot of things that come with that, allowing yourself to believe that, accepting what has happened, that you're now here in this place. There can be planning, and sometimes even need and desire for forgiveness because
1: i find that there's ability to be in peace even in the midst of the chaos Mm
0: -hmm. i find that when we allow the change to transform and do our best to not control it whether that be within ourselves or to others we gain that that peace and get to actually experience the transformation while we're going through it because there can be a lot of beauty in remembering like where you've been versus where you are now and you can gain a lot of forgiveness and being able to see the progression of change and it can provide that encouragement to not control it
1: yeah and as always please check out our website at stillpointhealing.com and our facebook and pinterest page at stillpointhealing.com and you can always send your questions or ideas or comments to So You Can Heal at steelpointhealing.com. And until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: <laughs> Bye. Bye.